Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 142. Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games, including, I have great news, God Eater 2 Rage Burst. It's finally done. We finally finished the story. 160 story episodes. It's done and good. It only took like a year, although you could kind of view it as longer than that. If you don't know, God Eater and God Eater 2 are based off basically the base God Eater for PSP and are very similar in a lot of ways. And they keep kept building on top of that game and essentially made five different story arcs uh, that fit within that structure. And so if you really want to think about it, it's been like three years <laughs> that we've started this journey of uh, of playing that game that's like so stuck to that template. <laughs> so so yeah, it's, I mean, I generally enjoyed God Eater and I, and I think I might try to do something where I kind of do some overview of God Eater 1 and 2 and general impressions of them. Uh, but it probably won't be anything super formal. It might be like a weird version of a quick play kind of thing. But but yeah, we'll 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 see. God Eater, it's it's still gonna be around for a little bit. I think, like I said last week, I, the, the friends I'm playing with it are kind of trophy hunters, so it's very likely they'll continue to play for a while. And I I would be happy to just kind of end it now. There's there's a couple story missions I think that are left, like for side character story stuff. But um, I'm I'm probably not going to. You know, it's probably not that enough to really like require a, a large amount of time to dedicate to it. I'm guessing it's like a a couple hours. I could probably knock those things out. But yeah, they're gonna keep doing that stuff, and I'll probably tag along where appropriate. Um, and and you know, upgrade some gear and stuff. But otherwise, I'm pretty much done with God Eater one and two personally. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, I'd like to play God Eater three eventually, but not in the, not in the near future. Maybe maybe uh, I you know at least. I'd say at the very least six months uh, wait on that. Uh, I think this whole, my group I'm with is kind of burnt out on it at this point. So, so yeah, so that's all finished up for the most part. Um, I also, in new updates to the PC-98 stuff. So if you didn't know, um, I, I, when I was in Japan, um, I got a PC-98, uh, I forget what model, but, but I got a PC-98 there. And so the, the thing is, is that the, you know, it's, it, if you don't know, it's a Japanese PC's, that was released in like the 1990s or a bunch of models of Japanese PCs rather. And uh, so the, so the thing is, is that, you know, that the video format that comes out of there, I guess like the refresh rate and stuff of it and the resolution aren't particularly standard for like North American uh, systems. So you can buy like particular monitors that do support uh, the video signal that comes out of that thing, but it's kind of not like, it's not typical. I think that, that, that those things can be supported. It's like an RGB connection, um, and so basically what I had to do is I had to convert that RGB connection to VGA and then put it into a sync combiner and then have that put output like European SCART, which I then converted to Japanese SCART, which I then put into my upscaler, which then scaled up and then outputs to my capture card. So I was able to get uh, PC-98 games capturing on my Frame Meister, which is very, very exciting. Uh, I still don't have any sound. I accidentally, I didn't buy the wrong cables. I assumed... I assumed I had the cables that I needed for the sound, but when I looked at it, I really need an aux to RCA cable when I just had a typical RCA like composite cable you'd have for audio, which doesn't um, work. So, so I had to buy some additional cables to actually get sound uh, on it. But, but yeah, I powered it on, um, kind of just looked at it, flipped around. I have no idea how to use DOS. I've I've never really used it in my life. When I was a kid, I probably like 
like sat in front of the computer when my dad was like, okay, here, I'll start the video game for you on DOS. But I never really, you know, did any of it myself. So, um, you know, I, I don't really know how much I'll have to interact with the DOS interface or the lack of interface, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how much I'm going to have to learn of that to to play video games on that thing. Uh, the one game that um, Atelier Michi gave me when they helped me set up the PC-98 is uh, Kuro no Ken. Um, and essentially, the, I guess the PC is set up to boot directly to this floppy disk if it's plugged in or the, whatever's in the floppy drive if something's plugged in or, you know, inserted. So uh, it, it will boot straight into that and I can basically play that without too much trouble. But I think the other PC-98 games I have actually need to install. So I got to figure out how to actually install things. I tried to install Zack 3, could not figure it out. <laughs> so, so yeah, so figuring out how to install stuff, getting the proper audio cables, and then also... Uh, I, I did buy a step-down converter. Um, I was initially hesitant to plug it into, into a U.S. outlet because the voltage was different. But I looked and the PCFX voltage is the same. And I've been pl plugging the PCF or PCFX directly into the wall, which um, as far as I understand is now, now with my further understanding how this works, is not particularly good for it. But it don't, won't necessarily do a lot of damage unless you're like using it long-term that way, which I've used... PCFX I've used that way, you know, fairly somewhat long-term. You know, I'm not, like, powering up my PCFX every day or something like that. But, you know, when I played First Kiss Story, definitely just plugged it directly into the wall during that time. So, so yeah. So, I got a step-down converter for, for both that, the PCFX and the um, and the PC-98. But otherwise, I can just plug it in for now and, and just use it. But I think I'm going to wait until I get those audio cables at the very least. The step-down converter I don't think will take that long to get here either. And then I'll just have to sit down and try to do some research on how to actually install games onto the drive for that. And then I can play like a fighting game or something and and feel somewhat somewhat okay about, you know, all the games I bought that were definitely RPGs. And I'll definitely probably never get around to playing through all of it. But yeah. I also just put some more time into Wizard of Oz of the Yellow Brick Road. Nothing really to say there, uh, honestly, other than I'm like eight eggs out of ten. Eggs being what like you get when you complete a stage it's getting pretty hard though the, the boss i actually encountered basically one shots everybody in my party so i'm gonna have to probably do some grinding um there's also like these guys who have uh uh like abilities you unlock if you beat them so i need to go back and and see if i can beat any of them and get some more stuff that way because i'm not sure what benefit i get out of beating them like the initial ones you'd get more skills as you beat them but i've gotten all my skill slots filled up unless like the skill slots like can you know scroll or something like that so i just need to go back and you know grind and also fight those those special bosses and see if i unlock anything in addition and hopefully that'll help me on the boss fight otherwise i'm not sure what to do i might have to look up a gamefax guide and, and try to figure it out and also like last week continuing shenmue 3 i think the biggest change or not really change but additional thought i've had since last week is that this new area the the city area this is the second part of the game um feels very Shenmue 2-ish in a way that I, I really like. Like Shenmue, like uh, Bailu Village f feels small and it, it takes a lot of the improvements that Shenmue 1 or 2 had over Shenmue 1. And I think structurally Bailu feels very similar to Dubuita in the original Shenmue in some ways. Um, and and this city area feels very similar to Hong Kong and, and Shenmue 2. So it's kind of interesting to see both sides of that uh, series kind of represented within a single game. I, 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 some, like, I was talking to Zero this week and I was like, oh, I wonder if 
like they could have split this game if, into two if they really wanted to. Um, like Bailu Village feels pretty pretty hefty on its own. Although I think you probably would have scared people if you just put Bailu Village out. But I think if if you did like do a budget release or something with just Bailu Village, I think you probably could have gotten somewhat away with it. Although it feels more limited in scale versus like a Shinmu two. So yeah, it's probably smart that they went ahead and did both of them all at once. Uh, there's also some Shinmu two or Shinmu three story DLC coming out. I'm not sure how relevant that is to the actual main story. I'll definitely check it out if it's like an advancement to the story. Although I think it's a story surrounding Ren, which is actually a character I really like. He's a uh, it's like a, a thug guy from Shinmu two that you kind of begrudgingly become partners with uh, to to deal with. I I guess not really Landy, but the kind of the minion below Landy is like this bald guy. I forget his name. Uh, you fight him on like the top of a tower and then Landy flies in a helicopter hanging from a ladder. That is a, the, the end of Shinmu 2 is like a really weird thing. Um, you just see Landy flying on a helicopter hanging from a ladder for no real good reason. Like, I, I think the implication is that he's like running away from Ryo, but like, why would he run away from Ryo? Like, he's, he's so much stronger than Ryo, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking too much about it. Anyways, um, but yeah, enjoying, enjoying Shenmue 3 still, uh, I think I am ready for that game to end, but I don't know if I'm anywhere actually near the the end of it. And and I think that re- that feeling of being ready for that game to end is less to do with the game itself and more to do with I had a very specific mind of some goals for 2020, specifically starting Xenoblade Chronicles X, and Shenmue 3 has been a big barrier in getting there. So the fact that I'm still playing Shenmue 3, it kind of I think lingers on that game in a way that's like I need to move on and get to Xenoblade Chronicles X again and and you know I don't know. We depending on how Shinmu Three goes. Maybe if it's if I'm dragging it out long long term, still maybe I'll take a break from it. Go to Xenoblade Chronicles X, do all that stuff there, and then uh and then go back to Shinmu Three and finish it off. But I put like like Shinmu Three supposedly is eighteen to twenty five hours. I feel like I've put in more time than that. I'll have to go back and check my footage and see like how many hours of Shinmu Three I have. But I feel pretty pretty dang close to that hour count, if not beyond it. So I'm kind of surprised. I'm still still feeling like knee deep in the game. Uh, like I I feel like I'm only like halfway through, possibly. But maybe I'm just taking my time too much. There's a lot of stuff to do in that game. A lot of little like like one thing you can do in Shenmue is go around and just kind of look at all the uh, store stalls and stuff and kind of see what they're selling. Which I think in Shenmue one and two is more of just like if you wanted to do that, you could do that, and you know you had time to kill. A lot of times, you still have time to kill in Shenmue 3. I've had a lot of things that are like, you need to come back here at 5 o'clock. And thankfully in Shenmue 3, you can just like jump to that time period. So it's not not a big deal. But um, but if you go and look at the stalls in Shenmue 3, there's like these little chickens they hide in there. Like these little cartoon chickens. And if you look at all the stores, you can find the cartoon chickens like hidden in it. I don't know what the um, benefit is of finding all of them. And they're all... There are a lot of stores, and it, and I was really enjoying it early on, but oh, it's, it's starting to get tedious. <laughs> I've I've started kind of ignoring stores because I've spent so much time just like in first person staring at these stores, trying to find these little chickens that are hidden <laughs> inside of them. So so yeah, Shimu Three still very still very fun. And tiny update here, uh, Anthony actually got me. Uh, there's like some kind of return to Eorzea campaign for Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, Anthony sent an invite to me and, uh, it was like, if, I think if I resubscribed, it would give him something too. Um, so I was initially hesitant cause I was like, I'm not ready for Final Fantasy 14 right now. But the thing is, is that if you don't know, 
every time I'm ready for Final Fantasy 14, I don't do a lot in Final Fantasy 14. I maybe play like 10 to 15 hours, then I just kind of fall off. If that even, uh, maybe I'll have like two good days where I just spend most of my time on Final Fantasy 14 and then just, just, you know, stop from there. Um, so I figured, you know, I'm not ready for Final Fantasy 14, but even when I'm ready for Final Fantasy 14, it's not working out. So I'm going to go ahead and resubscribe to the game and then just kind of play Final Fantasy 14 as I think about it is what I think I'm going to do. Like, like don't stress about it just as I think, Hey, I would like to touch this game a little bit. Just go in, log in you know, do what I'm going to do, then get off. Don't worry about it too much. I think the big, the big thing I'm going to have to do if I want to continue playing that game is just find a place that it fits in my life. That isn't just like the game I'm playing. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see. I just did some side quests and then kind of continued the main story quest. I'm on the primal fight with like these little bug creature things. So I got to figure, figure that out. I'm not really sure. Like when I was playing uh, 2.0, uh, it really felt like you were kind of expected to do a lot of research on the primals beforehand. And, you know, I'm a tank. I play Paladin. So I think there there is like an extra responsibility to kind of do some research on that stuff. Um, I Part of me is just like, I just want to queue up and go and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> um, but, but I don't know if that would be irresponsible if people would get upset. So I I don't know. We'll see. I, I might just harass people to help me out and get past that fight. We'll see, though. And then finally, um, I, I was surprised uh, if you if you didn't know, like, I think a year or so ago, uh, there was a game called Kick Flight that was announced for mobile. I thought this game looked really cool. It was like an arena fighter fighter where you kind of fly around. Kind of remind me a little bit of like Rodea the Sky Soldier in some ways. And uh, you basically go around and like collect crystals and turn them into a base. And then you like fight each other, have skills and stuff. And uh, I thought this game looked really cool, and I got a, a direct message from the the account basically saying, hey, kick flights, you know, out or whatever uh, from the actual uh, official account because I follow them. And, um, and just for, you know, just to be dumb, I went ahead and just clicked the link to see where would it take me, like if it would ship send me to like a region log page. But actually kick flights listed on the U.S. Uh, Google Play Store. And it's in English. So I was like, oh, wow, I did not expect that. <laughs> so I went ahead and tried a little bit of KickFlight. And KickFlight's pretty cool. It does require, like, a, a decent internet connection. Um, when I tried just playing on my, like, uh, 4G plan or whatever, uh, I couldn't get into a match that way. And then when I tried the first time on my Wi-Fi, it actually, even though we had one, it actually gave me a loss anyways because it said I was I had too many connectivity issues during the fight itself, which is weird because I'm, like, sitting right beside my router and I have a decent internet connection. I pay quite a bit for my internet. Uh, admittedly, I don't use my Wi-Fi much. So so maybe it's something like, you know, I'm in an apartment complex. And maybe there's a lot of in- interference or something like that that gets in the way. Um, so I spent some time uh, playing that and, and, and enjoyed it. It's the problem. It I haven't played a ton of mobile games where it's a particularly action-heavy game. And it uses, you know, only a touchscreen rather than a gamepad. And Kickflight, in some ways, looks like it's built for that. But I, I really struggled with the controls. Like it's it's difficult to manage your lock on as well as your skills, as well as how you're moving and things like that, as well as your like attacks and stuff, um, all at once. At least in my opinion, while still using the the touch screen, it, it, it becomes very challenging. There's also no invert option, so I had a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, when I would want to go up, I'd pull down, but then you know that would actually make them fly down. And I, I checked the options and couldn't find the invert option in there. So. 
But uh, that sounds like something they could easily add if they eventually decided to. But I, I really think the problem is just I, I, I'm i just a little overwhelmed by the controls when I play that game. It, it, there's a lot of times where I just kind of end up in a corner and like someone pushed me in a corner after they like attack and I don't really know how to recover out of that situation. Um, so I just kind of like sit there and fumble with the controls while the person sits there and wails on me and... and yeah, just like for a game that's built for a mobile phone, I guess I would expect it to be a little more intuitive with its uh, controls. But also, you know, I haven't played a lot of action-oriented mobile phone games. So it could very much be that the case that, you know, it comes in expecting you to have a level of familiarity with uh, using touchscreen controls for an action game that, that I just don't have. So I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the biggest problem is, uh, you know, A, it doesn't really work on, on my data plan. So if I did want to play it outside my house, then uh, then it sounds like, or at least so far, it seems like that's probably not going to happen. And two, um, I I just don't use my phone much in general. Although I was I was thinking the other day, I was like, uh, you know, my phone's pretty good. I might be able to like go without replacing it anytime soon. I've had my phone for a good long time, but, you know, it runs Twitter pretty decently. And, you know, I can use it to browse the web without too much trouble, listen to podcasts and things like that. But uh, I think I might have actually <laughs> messed up the charging port on it. I've had a little bit of trouble charging my phone recently. So I don't know. I, to, I might have to look in to see if there's a way I can try to adjust that and make it work. Uh, but it is old enough that I might just look into getting a new phone. But there's a lot of things I would like to look into getting right now and, and a phone would be a pretty pricey thing to invest into. So I'm going to just kind of see how, how it handles charging over the next few days, see if I continue to have issues. And then, and then if, if I do, then I might need to uh, look into some alternative methods, I guess, to try to fix it. And if I can't do that, then maybe just grab another phone. And that's kind of it for stuff I've been playing. Um, Again, pretty quiet news week for me this week. Uh, there's just a couple of trailers I saw that 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 caught my eye. One that you probably can expect is Sword Art Online, Alicization Lacoris. Uh, the main reason I bring this trailer up is because there was something kind of interesting about the mechanics of the game in the trailer, at least that the trailer had mentioned. And that was basically that uh, when you give your command... So that game, as far as I understand, that game is like a duo system. So it's like you and one other person. I'm not sure if that's only for online play or if that's also for only for local play, but by online play, I mean you and you have an AI companion with you. So there's actually eight or four player online, but there's like eight characters on the screen because each person has an AI partner as far as I can tell. But, uh, but yeah, so basically one mechanic they kind of touted in the trailer was that the character, your AI companions would learn the types of commands you give them and then try to go ahead and repeat those commands um you know because that's that's how you want them to behave essentially which i thought that was kind of interesting to take like the idea of like the gambit system from final fantasy 12 and essentially make it automatic and and you know it look at what you're doing with that character and what commands you are giving and then saying okay i'm going to learn this this set of commands and then kind of prioritize using it in these certain situations i could see that not going well and honestly i don't really trust sort of online to be good at implementing that um, you know, just, it's just a budget game series. So it's always kind of, kind of chunky. Like as much as I love, well, I don't know, love as much as I really like the idea of fatal bullet, uh, I'd say most of its execution is pretty bad. Um, but, but yeah, I like that idea. And one thing that's kind of interesting is that the, like the Sora online series is the game series particularly is not well known for their localizations. Uh, they're, they're pretty rough. 
I don't know if that's an issue with Bandai Namco overall or if they just for sort of online, there's like whatever people will buy this either way. <laughs> um, but yeah, even the trailer, like the, all the, the lines of the trailer for like the describing the game were just really stiff in a way. I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of weird, but yeah, still looking forward to that game comes out on my birthday. We'll see if I actually get to play it this year. <laughs> uh, like I said, all those things I listed earlier, uh, a lot of that stuff is just left over from 2019. Wizard of Oz, God Eater 2, Shenmue 3, Final Fantasy 14 is left over from forever. Like, I haven't gotten to the 2019 games I want to play yet. Xenoblade Chronicles X is still the first game of 2019 I'm talking about that I'm going to play, or 2020 that I'm going to play, and uh, still haven't gotten to that. But I'm, I ordered the hard drive, haven't gotten it yet, so... So we'll see. I'm I might need to shuffle some things around depending on how far I'm in in Shenmue three. If I if I get to the point that I'm playing Shenmue three and just want it to be over, I might shove it off, unfortunately, and go to Xenoblade Chronicles X and come back to Shenmue three. I would hate to do that, but you know I don't want to play through the back half of Shenmue three only being like I will need to move on. I need to move on the whole time. So. And there's also a trailer for Space Channel 5, kind of funky news flash. I think this comes out in a couple weeks. This is a VR uh, Space Channel 5 game. And it's probably the first time in a while I've seen a VR game. It's like, man, I would really like to play that game. Uh, the problem is, is that I think the reason I want to play that game is only because of Space Channel 5 and <laughs> nothing to do with the fact that it's VR. If anything, I really wonder if like being in VR, if that would take away from like the characters of that game to some extent. I don't know what the perspective's like when you're playing that game. If you're if you're in the eyes of ooh la la or something. Uh, but like a lot of the goofiness of that game is like seeing the other characters like dance and anime and stuff. And so like you always get like shots of them behind you and things like that. So I really I really wonder how how like effective vr is with that game but you know it does use the motion control so you know being an extension of the the wii essentially you get to do your little motion control rhythm thing um which is fun uh i think it's only coming out on playstation right now but but eventually it will probably come to pc most vr games need to make up more money so they they end up going to other platforms rather than staying exclusive um but yeah it was um i like the look of it i think i think that game is is nice looking all the new reporters are ladies, by the way. I was like, huh, there's no no new guy reporters as far as I can tell. Uh, the reason why I think that's that's relevant is uh, the first game had Jaguar, and you also had Space Michael as well, although Space Michael wasn't really a reporter or whatever. So it was kind of a balanced, uh, I guess not really a balanced cast. You had two, two, two girls and one guy, so now it's like all ladies. And it's like a significant number. I think it's like I think there's like a blue haired girl that's that's teamed up with Ooh La La, and then there's like three girls that are part of Jaguar now. <laughs> I do like that the Jaguar voice got uh, updated. It was like <laughs> it used to be Jaguar. Now because they're all ladies, like Jaguar. <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny. Uh, and then the the um. The, the, not the reporter, the, like the narrator. I don't know what you would call it. The, the person that's talking to Ulala La over the over the headset or whatever. That's also a lady now, too. So they're going all all deep in, deep on the ladies, I guess. <laughs> and that's kind of it for this week. Um, so thanks for coming. Uh, just as a, a quick reminder, I went ahead and put that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torn of the Golden Country video out. So if you haven't watched it, you can go see what I think of that game. Got about 32 views, which is about what I was expecting. I think the original Xenoblade Chronicles 2 video only got like 38 views, views in its entire lifetime. So I kind of expected to stay right there. I don't think it really... I think most people follow me for, for weird Japanese games or unpopular opinions on games that I find... Uh, uh, you know, 
entertaining, like the, the Mighty Number no. Nine kind of thing and things like that. Uh, although I think Mighty Number no. Nine might have some of the lower views. It probably really is just like a oh here's this hidden gem kind of thing. I feel like is what people are looking for out of me. But too bad. Made a video about Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> so so yeah, but that, I made that. So. Uh, started working on the Otoko doll video. Uh, I think the script's in a really good spot. I kind of last week, um, after I put the Xenoblade Chronicles two video up, I I kind of got, um, I think I was a little little disappointed in my Xenoblade Chronicles two video that I thought the script was a little flat, and so I was like, I feel like the Otoko doll video is is also currently or was also currently flat, and then I I really went and just kind of tore it up and and put it back together in a way that I think is a lot more interesting. Um, overall, I think it, it makes it a, a better, better script overall. So, so I was happy that I went ahead and did that. And I, I, I reread the script today and feel pretty good about it. So I think we're a lot further along in the Atokadol video than I thought I would be this early on. Um, so I'm going to probably do a couple more passovers of the script, but it'll probably be a pretty relaxed pace right now because, uh, I'm, I'm working on some other stuff, uh, working on some podcast things. I, I had, uh, another person that I was working on podcast with reached back out to me. So I need to go ahead and outline, um, outline what I want to talk to them about and then send that over to them. And as long as we agree on, on the topics of which we're going to cover, I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, and plan to, to do that. And then I reached out to the other person I want to do podcast with, but I may, may have unfortunately been a little too late on following up on that one. Um, so we'll see if that actually turns into something, uh, that was going to be for Gun Gun Pixies, but uh, but we'll see if 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 the podcast doesn't turn out for that one, I'll I think I'll find another way to talk about Gun Gun Pixies. I want to I want to go over Gun 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 Pixies in some way. Uh, I just don't know if I need to do like a full video for Gun Gun Pixies, but I tried a quick play of Gun Gun Pixies if you didn't know, and uh, it did not work out well. That game has a very particular structure that I think does not lend itself well to a quick play. Um, and I, I really wonder if it even lend itself well to like a pre-recorded quick play where I go over like different parts of the game via video footage. I, I really wonder if I would have to do a complete scripted video for that. But I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I think I think we have a lot of things on the table right now that I can I can work with in terms of um in between the Atokadol video content at the moment. Uh between God Eater, uh Shinmu, I'd like to finish at least first before I do any kind of coverage on it. And then um outside of the podcast, obviously. And then, uh, and then some other smaller things, maybe. Uh, speaking of which, uh, there will be a quick play for Solomon's program up on uh, on Wednesday this week. So if you go to my website Wednesday after 9 a.m. Pacific time, you should see the video there. I like Solomon's program demo a lot. I really hope that game comes out in the U.S. I don't know if it will. I'll probably import it whenever it comes out unless there's like a clear sign that it's going to get localized, which made me forget. I actually bought a few Switch games while I was in Japan, and I have not touched them at all, basically. I, I maybe should do that at some point. <laughs> I bought a lot of stuff in Japan. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I have a lot of space to mess with smaller games in between Xenoblade Chronicles X this year. Um, so... So I think I think Xenoblade Chronicles X is going to take the majority of the year, but I'm going to try to shuffle things in in and out pretty pretty often. I don't know if we'll do any like major content about Xenoblade Chronicles X. We'll we'll think about it, but yeah, yep 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 yep. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Uh, per usual, every Monday stream or every Monday uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, podcast goes up, and every Thursday at seven o'clock. Um, 
Pacific Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time, I stream. I'm currently streaming Martian Gothic, and whoo, boy, that game's giving me some trouble right now. So, uh, if you want to come see me be frustrated, <laughs> Thursday at 7 o'clock on my, my, my Twitch channel. You can find the link on my website. There's, like, a banner with a link on it. Um, and then I think after that, we might play, like, Doremi Fantasy once we finish up Martian Gothic. And then after that, I got to figure out what's next. So, all right. Thanks for coming. I hope you have a great week. Bye.